I think that this is just a how it manifests, but b you know a way for him to wake me up and be like literally shaking me like what are you doing like this is not your life and you don't need to be filled with this pain. Hey, my name is Katie Bulmer. I was your typical heartbroken and hungover sorority girl who looked for love in boys, Bacardi, and did I mention boys? After the breakup that broke me, I met the only man who can truly fulfill me. His name is Jesus. Shortly after that, I met my husband, the best example I have met of Jesus on this earth. Today, I have never been more sure I am right where I'm supposed to be on a mission to help today's young women find their life calling, stop dating dirtbags, and basically just be who I needed when I was younger. I've been called a big sis, an adopted mom, or my favorite title, a cool aunt. But however you think of me, get ready to be challenged and encouraged. This is the Truth For Your 20s podcast. Hello, this is the Truth For Your 20s podcast. And today I have with me my young friend, Lindy. She is 22, a recent graduate from ETSU. And Lindy was actually an intern with me and you know just got to know and love her and hear a little bit more of her story. And as you know, if you've been a listener to this podcast, one of the dreams and hopes behind this podcast is just to give people with a story a microphone. And I'm a big believer in the saying that you can't be what you can't see. And when people have gone through some junk and got through the other side stronger, I just think they need a microphone. And so I hope that this podcast can serve that. And Lindy, I love your story and I love what you've walked through. And I just want you to share your story. So welcome to the podcast, my friend. Hello. I'm so excited that I am getting to share my story. Yes. All right. So tell us a little bit about where you are now and then we'll back up to how you got there. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So I graduated in May from ETSU with a marketing and management degree. So I got a dual degree and I moved back to Knoxville in May and started working full-time in June for my company, Workspace Interiors, as a marketing social media person, kind of jack of all trades right now, kind of learning the company, but I love it. And I just moved into my own apartment and kind of doing big girl things now. (laughs) Yes. Little girls growing up. (laughs) That's exciting. That's exciting. Okay. And so in college, I know we like to do a little mentoring together and you walk through all kinds of stuff. So tell me a little bit about your story. I did. I did. Um, so my story kind of begins, I would say, towards the end of my senior year of high school and going into freshman year of college. So I grew up a dancer. I have danced competitively since I was eight years old. And obviously, the dance world can sometimes be negative on body image. And just kind of practice. I practiced like four to six hours a day. Monday through Friday and had weekend practices as well. And I loved it. And I made such great friends and learned so many different things that I never thought I would learn doing it. And at the same time, when I stopped dancing, and that was about, I stopped dancing as much my freshman year of college. I was on the dance team, but didn't do as much dancing as I did before. And then it really hit me after freshman year of college when I was not on the dance team anymore, you know, my body began to change in a way that I had never seen it before. And obviously looking back, I know that that's normal. A, I'm getting, I was getting older, but B, I had stopped 
practicing for four to six hours doing physical activity. And so as my body body started to change, I was also, you know, transitioning to college, living alone. I was um, an hour and 45, about two hours away from home. I joined a sorority. So I was an 80 pie, just like you. And I loved it. And at the same time, I think diet culture and body image is very heavily portrayed in sororities and in college. And it was just, I was kind of going through a lot and broke up with my ex-boyfriend who was just very not good for me. (laughs) And I just felt like I wasn't, I wasn't myself. And I had a lot of junk just from relationships in the past. And my mom was actually battling depression at this time. And so I was trying to like help her and deal with that. And long story short, I um, started to heavily exercise to the point where it was compulsive and restrict my food intake. So also just had to say this trigger warning to, you know, I am talking about an eating disorder. So just had to put that out there. But it happened. It started pretty aggressively my summer after sophomore year of college and progressed heavily throughout the summer and then got even worse when I went back to school because I would go home for summer break. And so when I was home, you know, it wasn't as easy, I would say, being around my parents just because, you know, the food is provided for me there and I'm with them. But when I went to school, I was kind of in my own bubble and I started to seclude myself and take myself out of things and not want to go to anything. And I just found myself very depressed and I felt so unworthy and unaccepted and unloved just because I wasn't the size or the weight that this, that society said I was pretty or accepted at. And so I guess it was September is when my dad reached out and was like, I feel like there's something wrong with you. Like, are you okay? And I would just deny it and deny it. And actually what the breaking point was, I had one of my very, very dear friends reached out to my dad because I ended up passing out at a sorority event and she knew what was going on. And she reached out to my dad and told him because, you know, I was in college and I was away from them and I didn't come see them and they didn't see me physically. So they didn't know what the problem was. So when I got back home for Thanksgiving break, my dad kind of, you know, gave me an ultimatum, like, you've got to get better or like, I can't send you back to college. So I went to the doctor's and they asked me to go see a specialist and saw a specialist. And within two weeks, it was so fast paced. Within two weeks, I was disenrolling from college. So this was my going into my junior spring semester. I was disenrolling from college, um, going up, packing up my entire apartment in one day. And within the next week, I was in a treatment center in Chattanooga. Wow. For an eating disorder. I like, it was just so, it was so fast paced. I didn't even realize really what was going on until I was sitting in the treatment center by myself. And for this, I don't know if you even know this, but you're based out in Chattanooga. So I went to Focus. Okay. Um, I didn't know that. Yes. So I could not have my phone. They, you know, take your phone from you. You're disconnected from pretty much the outside world. And you can't have any contact with anyone for the first five days that you're there. So I didn't get to talk to my parents. And like, for me to not to my, 
not talk to my parents was very, very hard for me. So I didn't, I had, I've always been a Christian and I had a Christian relationship, you know, a relationship with God, but it wasn't to the point where, you know, it really was supposed to be. So sitting in that treatment center for five days, not really knowing, not knowing anyone and being surrounded by these girls that I've never met, I had to really rely on him. And as much as like, as hard it was, it was so moving and like the first time that I've actually heard God speak to me. What do you say? He, I basically got that I was going down a road that I shouldn't have in college. I, you know, kind of was doing the whole partying and not really, I was out of relationship. And so it was kind of, you know, going around obviously wasn't my proudest moment and I wasn't, I wasn't honoring him and I wasn't doing what I feel like his purpose for me was in this life. And I think it was a way he kind of woke me up and said, Hey, you know, this is, this is not right. This is not what your life is supposed to be. And also, you know, my friendships changed a lot after it and I lost a lot of friends, but I also gained a lot of friends. And I think that was also a sign for me, you know, that maybe I wasn't hanging out with the right crowd and I just didn't know how to get, you know, didn't know that. And this, the thing that I went through, you know, the past two and a half years has led me to where I am today. And I truly believe that I wouldn't be the person I am or be friends with people or be in the situation that I am in today if I, if it wasn't for the trials and tribulations that I went through the past two and a half years. Hey, did you know I offer online mentoring? My most popular option is booking a one-time 30-minute chat. I call it Ask Me Anything. And if you want to continue from there, I also offer a month of mentoring. I have found a lot of girls also prefer the pre-recorded option. So I have two options there. I have a mini course, a short, easy to digest called Make a Dating Plan. This dives deeper into something I talk about very often about making a plan dating with intention. And then I have a more in-depth course walking you through heartbreak, how to heal from that, and then how to get relationship healthy. Go give me a follow on Instagram at Katie Bulmer Life, and you'll find all the info you need at the LinkedIn profile for online mentoring. That's Katie Bulmer Life on Instagram and online mentoring at the LinkedIn profile. I cannot wait to have coffee with you. Hey, if you're like me and you want to dress cute, but you loathe shopping and the stores and the trying on and the styles and the fits, it's all just so confusing. You will love my new obsession, Wantable. So you go online and you take this really fun interactive quiz. You tell it what your measurements are, what your size, the style that you like, and then a personal stylist delivers to you a box full of happiness. It has been my new favorite way to shop and you will get a discount if you check out the link in my profile under Wantable. Um, yeah, you'll have it. I don't know if you're like me, but it seems like skincare is either super expensive or it just doesn't work. But I recently discovered Good Molecules. It's skincare that's not expensive and it's not complicated. It's good for you. It has like all natural ingredients. It's good for the planet and good for your wallet. And it actually does what it's supposed to do. I've definitely noticed a difference in my skin while using it. Click on the link under this episode and notice a difference in your skin as well with Good Molecules. Okay. So I want to go back to, you said, you know, you're in this new city, you can't talk to your parents, you're around people you don't know, you don't have your phone. Yeah. Which (laughs) is so crazy. Yeah. So you're in this super alone time. Like, I guess 
talk to me about that because I'm sure it felt awful, but at the same way, in the same time, you said it was so necessary. So I guess, you know, when we go through those dark periods, someone's in a dark period listening right now. You know what I mean? And I just want them like to talk to them of what that feels like and that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. It's funny because I can, I still vividly remember it. I was just like sitting in this chair and they were taking my blood. Pre- there were so many things hooked up to me because, you know, you're physically ill too. And so I was like hooked up to a heart monitor and I was getting my blood pressure taken, getting blood work done. And I was just like sitting in this chair, like bawling my eyes out because I did not even know what I was getting myself into. And that's when I heard him speak. And those five days, I really dove into one of the devotions that actually my sister gave to me before I went in. And it was Embraced by Lisa Turkhurst. Yeah. And I just really dove into that devotion and I read it every single day and I took notes. And then I think it was one of the five days I was flipping through my Bible and I came across this verse and I will like never forget it. Like it is my favorite verse and it's Luke twelve twenty two through 23. And it's um, Jesus said to his disciples, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or about your body and, or what you will wear. For life is more than food and the body is more than clothes. And it just like so really good. spoke. Yeah, it just really spoke to me because, you know, I was challenged with like food and body image and stuff like that. And I was having really bad anxiety and depression. And, you know, it was just kind of like his way of touching me and saying, hey, like, don't worry about this because you're going to get through it. And like, you're going to be so much better off. So you talk about God speaking to you and I had a similar moment and it was at a low moment and a breakdown, you know, like crying and throwing a fit and all this kind of stuff. And I know that we're not alone in that, but people, not everyone has experienced that. And, and they, what does it mean to you that you heard from God? Yeah. And before this, I had never, like I had, and to be honest, I was very skeptical. I was like, there's no way, like this just does not happen. And, but I also longed for it. I was like, you know, I kind of wish that would happen. And it was just, it was just so surreal and really it was motivational, motivational. I can't say that word, (laughs) motivational (laughs) for me because it showed me, you know, that he truly is there. Cause I also was like falling out of my faith at that point and just like, was like, well, this is the worst thing that could ever happen to me. Like, why would God put me through this? And I would just say to anyone who is listening and going through a dark time or, you know, is longing for that is to really dig deep into a devotion or a Bible or something that has the word in it, because I feel like that's what really, really helped my relationship with him throughout treatment. And still to this day, you know, have a way better relationship with him and, you know, hear him call out to me. I love that. I've thought about this a lot because. Sometimes I've heard it said that, um, I think it's a C.S. Lewis quote, but that sometimes pain is the megaphone that God uses. And I don't think as a loving father, that would be his first choice. I think we're stubborn. <laughs> mm-hmm. And sometimes that is the only way to reach us. I know in my own life that, and God has spoken to me for sure in happy times. And I have seen his work. You know, it's so funny because sometimes I'll have a worst case scenario, like, oh my gosh, what if something terrible happens? And then something great happens. And it's just a reminder that like, he's a good God who wants to give good gifts. And he wants, you know, like he's good. He's ultimately good. And anyway, but (laughs) sometimes when we get to this low point, it's like, 
sweet child. Like I never wanted you to be in this, you know, this hurtful spot. And I think that we just begin in that so low that the only way we can look is up. And I just imagine you in that hospital bed with all of these things. And you, you know, so what days ago you were at a sorority party, right? And think that you were living your best life, but so empty on the inside and God like met you in that hospital bed. And I don't know, it just seems like a movie scene right there. I know. Yes. And it was just, again, crazy. And I think I I do agree with you. I think, you know, God doesn't, you know, be like, okay, I'm going to make her have an eating disorder. Like definitely doesn't happen like that. But I think there were so many different things that I look back that was like, oh, that was probably a sign or, oh, that was probably God trying to wake me up or tell me, hey, this isn't good. Just like, you know, friends coming to be like, hey, maybe you shouldn't do that and stuff like that and hanging out with the wrong crowd. And I think that this is just A, how it manifests, but B, you know, a way for him to wake me up and be like, literally shaking me like, what are you doing? Like, this is not your life and you don't need to be filled with this pain. Yeah. And he wants better for you. And he's like, we, I have better for you. And sometimes, unfortunately, it takes those drastic calls, but so, okay, you had this kind of, you know, low point, have, you know, get this, your hands on this devotional, hear this life-changing verse and everything. I'm sure I know the answer to this, but what was the change? You know, sometimes we say it's like a complete 180. Was it gradual? You know, how did things start to change from that moment? I would say it honestly was more gradual just because the days were just so challenging there and so different. And, you know, unfortunately, it's not a Christian based treatment center. So there were some people in there who were not Christians and voiced that pretty you know, loudly. And I just felt compelled to tell them about him and be like, look, like this is because we had like a spirituality group every week because they couldn't really call it Christian, which I don't, whatever. But (sighs) in that spirituality group, you know, I talked heavily about God because that is who my spirituality is. And it was just so crazy to me because one of my, I actually still talk to like a couple of the girls that I was in treatment with to this day just someone to lean on and have support and just know what you've been through. But one of them was like, I was so falling out of a relationship with God and she had grew up Catholic and she was just like, I was just so done with him. And I just saw you and like how highly you spoke of him. And it like changed my perspective on like that. I should, you know, maybe try again in a different way to dive into his word. Cause to me, that was also like, Oh my goodness, this is it. This is what he is wanting me like I'm being a disciple right now. And that was the first time in my life when I felt like that. And I actually felt so good in a place where I knew no one and was able to voice it despite, you know, others being pretty negative about it around me. And so it was, it was so cool. But I think (laughs) there was also a lot of challenges within it. The pandemic hit in the middle of my stay there. And at the time, Every Sunday, my parents could come visit me and I could see them face to face for two hours. And all of a sudden that got ripped from us. And I know everything got ripped from everyone. But, you know, to go from no phone, no access to the outside world. And then I can't see my parents for two hours a week and I'm stuck in here and I like can't leave. And I don't know what's going on in the world and people are dying and we can't watch the news and I'm confused. You know, that was a challenge within itself, too. It felt like oh my gosh, I'm never going to be able to leave this place. Yeah, then, you didn't know because you had I, access to I, the outside world. Yeah, all we knew is that we had to wash our hands and that there was this thing called coronavirus and 
what is this? Like, it's a, from a bat. Like, I was like reading the newspaper. That's how we got our news. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It was insane. And then not shortly after that, and I know that you might have been affected by this too, but then there's a tornado. Yes, and in Chattanooga. Yeah. Yes. And it hit our building. And, you know, luckily didn't injure anyone in the building, but we had to be transported from a treatment center where that's what I only knew for at the time. I was there for 97 days. So I think it, I think I was there for like 87. I had like a week or two weeks left or something like that at that point. And then everything I know and everything is controlled and all of that, I get moved to a hotel in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of my recovery. And I was just like, what is going on? <laughs> um, oh my gosh. But, and that, those were the, you know, those were the times when I was like, okay, now this was not supposed to happen. Like what is going on? And, you know, obviously lost, not, didn't lose faith, but, you know, was questioning him and God and stuff like that. And I think through each of those difficulties, it only made me stronger and it only, you know, only made me want to dive more into his work word and learn. And I actually, one of my really good friends, actually my brother's girlfriend, she got me a book, kind of like a book slash Bible study thing. It's, I don't know if you've ever heard it, but it's called Wait and See by Wendy Pope. And it was all about the waiting season in your life. And like, I felt like in that treatment center, I was just waiting to get better and didn't know what the next day would come. Didn't know when I was going to get discharged because they don't tell you until you're like three weeks out from discharging. Like you have no idea how long you're going to be there. And it was just just so wait, like waiting period. And that really helped me, you know, take every single day as a day and not be like, well, I'm going to be here another week or how much longer do I have? Because when I thought that way, it only made the days longer. What an exercise in living in the moment though. I mean, it doesn't sound fun, but I'm sure that grew you in ways that you didn't know you could be grown. Oh yeah, for sure. And I think, and like, I think I just learned so much as a, at the time, a 21 year old or that I just, you know, that not a lot of 21 year olds go through. And I just feel like I have such a different perspective on life now. And that I just, it's so precious to me because it could have easily been, you know, taken away from me. And so I just really try to put his word out there. And at the same time, you know, live each day like it's my last because you just never know, especially in the world that we live in now. It's so crazy and it. It's insane to me <laughs> that we're living in yeah. the time we are right now. Well, I want to talk about this. So, you know, again, low point, you kind of turn to God and like get involved in this devotional and like your life is changing toward him. But then, <laughs> but it wasn't all sunshine and roses, you know, then the tornado, then the COVID and all of this, like way huge things that are bad things that are out of your control and all this stuff. And I've thought long and hard about this because I don't know, that's just how I, how I work. But like I'm thinking back at, at Moses and, you know, he is running away from God, you know, and then like in the wilderness, God's like, Hey, I want you to go let my people go. And I'm thinking, just, I literally try and put myself in his shoes. Like if I'm like, okay, okay, I'll do it. Like I'll be the brave person. Like this scares the crap out of me. I don't want to do it, but what, okay, Katie, like go talk to the King of Egypt and be like, Hey, uh, we need to like, let these go because they're slaves. And you know, I feel like I would expect if I was God, oh, good job, Katie. Very good for you for being brave. Here you go. Sunshine and roses. They're going to walk out peacefully. It's all good. But no, there was plagues. He had to part the sea. Like there's all kinds of junk he had to walk through. 
And it just reminds me of your story. Like, you know, you accept Jesus or come back to him and have this like life-changing moment, but it's not all sunshine and roses. Like we think it is, or like we think the movies are. And so, yeah, I just want you to unpack that. Cause I think that that's not talked about enough. Oh yeah, for sure. I think it's okay. I've made it here. All right. Now what? Now, now I did what you wanted me to, you know, give me my prize in a sense. And I feel like that's very today's society as well. Like, okay, I did it. Give me a good yeah. job. Give me a pat on the back. And it's like, Oh nope, got to do this now. Where's my sticker? Where's my award? (laughs) Exactly. And I, you know, we grew up in a generation like that. And so I was used to that. And I think sitting just kind of after every obstacle and like there were many obstacles in there too, you know, like there was like a time when I thought that I would get off of supplements. We'd have to supplement, you know, in order to so like chemical and science, but I'd be like, oh, I'm getting off these this week. Oh, no, you're, actually, you're getting another one on top of everything that you have. And that was just like, what the heck? Like, you know, and you're so uncomfortable and you're so, I just felt, I don't know if this is the right word. Defeated, but I just, it sounds like. Yeah, defeated. And like, I wasn't doing enough, but I was like, I was giving it my all. And there were times when I like told my, I would call my dad because once the pandemic hit, we did get to, you know, call our parents. <laughs> I was just like, I want to leave. Like, I'm going to, there's this thing called AMA. It's like leaving against medical advice. And I was like, I'm literally signing the papers tomorrow. Like, I can't do this anymore. And it was tough love. But my dad was like, well, then you better get your shoes on because I'm not coming to pick you up. Like, you're walking (laughs) in Knoxville. I was like, oh, well, (laughs) I guess I'm not going then because I'm not walking in Knoxville from Chattanooga. But it was- I still would. I still would. (laughs) And it was those times when that was like God portraying himself and my dad being like, it's tough and it's hard, but you have to like, you have to keep going and not give up on yourself or, you know, me in a sense. And so that's just, I mean, yeah, I would sit there and cry or I would just be like, what are you doing, God? Like, I remember kind of like not yelling, but yelling in my head at him and being like, this is so stupid. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) And those were the times when I would wake up the next morning and it's like I had a new like sense. And I was like, okay, I can get through this day. I just have to get through this day. And then the next day, I just have to get through this day. And it also helped because I think he put the right people in my life. When the pandemic hit, I was super close with the girls that were there. And the girls that, you know, I didn't really get along with were discharged and gone and no one could come in after the pandemic hit. Like they didn't accept any new patients. And so we got, it was like, there was four of us or five of us and we got super, super close. And I call them my treatment sisters now because we still talk and it's like, we formed this bond that we just like all knew each other so well because we were with each other 24 seven and seven days a week. And I think God really put those girls in my life and the staff. I had incredible nurses and therapists that really helped me and guide me through. Like there was this one nurse and she was, to this day, like I think God put her in that treatment center for, not maybe for me, but you know, (laughs) she, like, I just felt like I could open up to her and like, she was my mom in that sense. And like, there were times when I just, you know, would just, cry in her arms and she would just hold me and like stay after her shift. And those were the days and the times when it was so hard, but I had people and not only, you know, God's word and God's devotion, but people that he surrounded me with to get through it. And then I think towards 
not, you know, kind of towards the back end of my treatment, kind of like the last month is when I really kind of started feeling the calling of, I need to tell people about this. Like there are people out there, there are girls out there that are struggling with this and they probably don't even know it's, you know, a struggle or an eating disorder or whatever they're going through. Like I need to get this out here. And so I actually started like writing in my journal and kind of just jotting down my stories and things that happened in treatment. And when I got out, I started writing and I actually created a little blog. I haven't done it in a long, long time because I've just gotten so busy, but it was so therapeutic for me just to write my story. And no matter how many people saw it, it helped me because I wrote my story out. And then I had this opportunity to record a podcast with you. And it just makes my heart so happy because I think that is what God's purpose, part of his purpose of me going through this is to help other people through it. Yes. I've heard it said that like, we don't go through the darkness and come out the other side just for ourselves. You know, it's to go back and show others and light the way. And that in of itself is huge because I'm sure there are other girls who've walked through the same thing who want to just leave that in the past and never go back and talk about it. But there is healing in you sharing your story. And I hope that you know how brave and you don't know how many people that you are setting free by being willing to share your story. One of my very first podcast episodes was a girl who um, shared about having an abortion and just kind of walking through that and, and her being brave and sharing her story. Let so many others like who'd walk through the same thing come to her and feel safe that, oh my gosh, like I can relate to you. Anyway, and I don't, there's a psychology term for this, but the Katie version um, <laughs> is like, I think we said it was you're unlocking prison doors, but you have to do it naked <laughs> because it's vulnerable and it's scary and you don't want to like go and do the thing oftentimes, but you were vulnerable enough to share your story and you have no idea how many people you're setting free with being able to do that. Yeah, it's amazing. And I think, you know, that's that's what I want to do it for. It's not to set me on a platform. It's to set God on a platform and show other girls that or um, not just girls, guys go through it too, you know? And I think that's also kind of, you know, out there kind of whatever the word is. I don't know what the word is, but normalized a little more. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Normalizing that guys go through this too. And I think, you know, I want to be that person. I want to, you know, be the support that I didn't fully get because my parents, you don't understand it until you go through it type of thing. And just to talk to someone who's been through it and knows what it's like to struggle with eating and body image and stuff like that. It's, it's very helpful. And I want to be that person. And I actually, you know, was able to present it to my sorority and then to my panel, to the whole panel and it like all the different sororities on like mental health and eating disorders and how to get help and seek help. And so it's just like, this is even a bigger platform than that. And I just, you know, do ask like DM me girl or, you know, DM me people like I want to help you because I know how hard it is. And you know, I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing it for others and for God. Mm -hmm. You're the best. So maybe talk about if there's someone listening who maybe, you know, I, she's talking to me. I know, you know, no one knows about my eating disorder or perhaps someone, you know, has a roommate and she has, you know, a pretty good idea that that's what she's suffering through resources and help that first steps that they could take. Yeah. So then Netta, it's, NEDA, um, National Eating Disorder Association, their website has so many great different avenues for, you know, help or just reading about it. There's also my, well, I would say also, you know, if you do feel like this is you or, you know, 
someone, finding someone who you fully, fully trust, whether that be a mom, your dad, your best friend, your grandma, someone that you know is going to like walk through this with you is, you know, you don't have to tell the world, just tell them and seek them. And I, and I think having someone just to know also relieved me because when my dad found out, I didn't want anyone to know. And obviously my friend who told my dad knew, but I did not, I wasn't aware that she knew. It was almost like, yes, it was frustrating in the moment, but it was at the end of the day, it was like a weight was lifted off me because I wasn't carrying this thing that no one knew was going on with me. And then I would also just say, you know, talk if you are close, you know, your doctor, my doctor is the one who recommended me to focus and got me the help that I needed. A therapist, there's many different forms of online therapy now just through this pandemic, which is one great thing that it's given us. And then there's also, I actually have the link. So if you can't find them online, which I think they're on the NETA website, but there's things, there's like, it's like an AA meeting, but for eating disorders. So it's EDA. So it's Eating Disorder Anonymous. And you don't have to show your face. You don't have to tell them your name. You can just share your story and they give you support and give you help. It's a great community. And I do it every once in a while when I am struggling or when I'm not just to be there for other people. And there's tons of different times age groups, everything. They cover all the bases from the different time zones and everything like that. So that's a really great resource as well. Nice. And I love that you, when you were talking about the friends that you made in recovery, and it's kind of random, but I wrote it down in my notes and I want to make sure I make note because I think that this might be a silver lining if anyone finds themselves in this situation. But, and again, there's probably a term for this. I don't know. But when people, <laughs> you know, like, maybe grandfathers you've talked to them, they've gone to war together and they go through these hard things together and they're like bound for life because they've overcome, you know? And anyway, I just think it's cool that you guys were in this hard season together of fighting for your lives in some cases and were able to come out the other side stronger. I think it's only natural to have that sisterhood, as you said, with those girls. And that's, that's a really cool benefit of... yeah. Not that you, you know, would I ever do it again, but like being able to have that something that you share, that bond with those girls. Yeah, it's so spe- it's so special and it's you know, we don't talk every day, but it's like when we do, it's it's one of those where we pick up right where we left off and you know, we follow each that's the one great thing about social media. We follow each other on social media and you know, are just so supportive and I think knowing them on that deeper level is what makes us so close. And speaking of which, where can people find you on social media? I am my Instagram is Lindy Vaughn, which the spelling I'm sure it will be on here, but it's L-Y-N-D-I and then V-A-U-G-H-N. I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Facebook. You can add me on Snapchat if you please, um, if you want to DM me. But yeah, I'm on all of those. So, Well, I'm so proud of you. You mentioned at the beginning when you first went through this and you told your dad, you didn't want him to tell anyone else. And now you are on a podcast and telling your whole philanthropy. I mean, I'm panelinic at your sorority. So I'm so proud of you. And I hope that this is just the beginning for you. And thank you for sharing your story with us. Well, thank you for allowing a platform for me. It's an honor to be on this podcast. And I just love that I was able to share my story. It's an honor to have you. Well, thank you so much, Lindy. You are so welcome. Thank you. 
I'm over here giving you a virtual hug because you just finished another episode of the Truth For Your 20s podcast. Would you help a sister out and take a screenshot right wherever you're listening and share it on your social? Give me a tag at Katie Bulmer Life so I can give you a big thank you. You sharing it, you leaving your reviews on iTunes is the best possible compliment you can give. Hey, let's continue to hang out. We have a private community called Truth For Your 20s over on Facebook. So just go to groups, search Truth For Your 20s and come join the party.